Thanks for listening to the weekly Overflow Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Jesse Cup. For more information, visit overflowindy.com or visit us on Facebook at Overflow Indy. And what's today? Palm Sunday. Today's Palm Sunday. I, I've never really been one to do like a huge celebration on that just because I, I just didn't get it so much. I do remember uh, when I was a kid, though, the church I grew up in, uh, one, one year, maybe two, but I remember specifically one, they handed out palm branches to everybody that came here. Did you guys ever go to a church that did that? Yeah? yeah? That's pretty cool. And like, if you really want to get dramatic, you like hold those things and you like wave them like this, <laughs> throw them down on the ground as the Lord walks through on a donkey. But uh, we didn't do that part. <clears throat> Today, um, I'm, I'm pretty stoked because I've been doing a series called Dare to Believe. And today, we get to come full circle. <laughs> I'm pretty stoked about full circle because uh, we're, we're going to actually talk a little bit about Palm Sunday, but it actually flows right into what we've been after. So if you guys can turn your Bibles to Mark 11. <clears throat> yeah, while you're turning there, um, just by the way, we, Wednesday night was awesome. We did a really unusual version of a BSSM missions team or trip service by doing it on a bunch of iPads all over the building. It was crazy. How many of you guys were here? Raise your hand if you were here for that. It was, look around. That's almost like most everybody. It was powerful. Did you guys enjoy that? Yeah. <clears throat> it, was, it was awesome. It was unique. Like the, just the administration of that is a, it has kinks in it, but... We just work through kinks and let God show up. But the, there, was, there was little groupings around the room, and, and it was a, we did it all on Zoom. And, you know, we all know what Zoom is since COVID, right? But that COVID <laughs> making us go to Zoom actually opened up more of the world to us in some ways, too. So that's kind of the silver lining in that. But, uh, but they, they, did, uh, they had words of knowledge, and people all around the building were getting healed of stuff. It was wild. And then they broke us out into small group break, breakout sessions, and they gave prophetic words to, if not everybody, I think almost everybody got words. It's pretty awesome. Raise your hand if you got a prophetic word on Wednesday. See? Pretty cool. It was awesome. But uh, <clears throat> I thought that was neat. I'm excited. It was pretty neat just to see so many people get touched with, with healing that night. Um, we're going to put a little attention on that in a few minutes. But right now, uh, turn to Mark 11. And I'm going to start reading at verse 7, but this is, when, uh, this, this is when Jesus, I believe it was a week before the, the crucifixion weekend, and Jesus was going to take his disciples into Jerusalem. Um, actually, in verse 1, it just talks about how they drew near to Jerusalem, and that was when Jesus was telling them, he sent somebody into town to find a, a donkey tied up for them. And he kind of like prophesied to them how to, how to fetch that. It was a cult, I guess, is what they called it in here. Um, but starting with verse 7, <clears throat> after they had found the cult and they got Jesus and they're going in town, it says, Then they brought the cult to Jesus and threw their clothes on it, and he sat on it. And many spread their clothes on the road. That's pretty wild. 
And, the, and others cut down leafy branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Now, wait a minute. That did not say palm. Are we ruining this thing by calling it palm? I'm just joking. Maybe another book says that. All right, so they're, they're throwing clothes on the road. They're throwing palm branches on the road. And what they're basically doing is they're, is they're creating a real... Uh, they're, they're creating a majestic experience for Jesus. They're, it's a real humbling. It's, a, it's an act of worship. It's, it's, they're taking their, their robes off, right, or their cloaks, throwing it down. And that's what you do to a king. Like when a king shows up, you, you, you lay things down to say that, you, that we, we acknowledge you as superior. You can walk on my clothes, and I give you honor for it, okay? So it's a real act of worship and, and honor to a king. Um, and verse 9, then those who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna! Everybody say, Hosanna! Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Come on. Yeah, keep repeating after me. Blessed is the kingdom of our father David, that comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. So that's amazing. Like they're, they're laying all these things down to, to represent the king showing up into their, into their town. And they're shouting praises to Jesus. And these things that they're shouting, um, it, it's, it's phrases that they were familiar with. I remember when I was in Bible college, I had a, a my, my dorm neighbor was, uh, he was into Hebrew and stuff, and he taught me two Hebrew phrases. And one of them, is Baruch Haba Hashem Adonai. And I, it took me a while to, to memorize that. Baruch Haba Hashem Adonai. And that, that actually means, in Hebrew, it means blessed is, the, is he who comes in the name of the Lord. You guys want to repeat that one with me? It's for fun. Baruch Haba Hashem Adonai. That means blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And I remember that some 20 Five, 20, almost 30 years later, I remember that. Pretty powerful. But they're, then they're shouting, Hosanna! Hosanna in the highest! And I don't really fully know what that word Hosanna means. As I've even studied into it, it seems like there's not a lot said about that phrase. But it does mean, save us. It's a, it's a, a terminology that's shouting out to the Lord, saying, save us, Lord. Okay? And, and so this phrase, these things that they're shouting out actually comes from Psalms 118, 25 through 26, that says, save now. So that's where that word Hosanna comes from. Save now, I pray, O Lord. O Lord, I pray, send now prosperity. Whoa, you mean that's a legal prayer? It is. It's right there in your word. Send now prosperity. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you from the house of the Lord. That's awesome. Why don't you guys repeat this with me? Save now, O Lord. O Lord, I pray. Send now prosperity. Why don't you pray it again, but from a place of faith? Let's say it again. Send now prosperity. Like this is a legal prayer. You can actually ask God through the salvation of the Lord. To include prosperity to come upon you. Whoa. That's pretty wild. Salvation includes prosperity. 
This is not a prosperity message today, but boy, could we dive into that one. Come on, why don't you receive that <laughs> by faith right now? But as they're shouting this stuff to Jesus, they're crying out to him, and it's a, it's a cry to the Lord. It's, a, it's a, a declaration, and it's a celebration of the Messiah showing up. So they knew this from all the prophetic words of the Old Testament. They knew that one day the Messiah would show up. That, that means the anointed one, all right? When we call Jesus Christ the Christ, that word Christ is the Greek of the same thing as the Messiah. It's the anointed one. When Jesus started his ministry, he opened the book in the, in the tabernacle, and he started off by reading out of Isaiah, where it says, Now the Spirit of the Lord has come upon me, because he has anointed me to heal the brokenhearted. To, and to open the blind eyes and all that stuff, to set the captives free. So Jesus actually started his ministry declaring to the people who he was, I actually am the Messiah that you've been waiting for for thousands of years. Right here. Come on. And so now, like this day, this is only a week before Jesus is about to go to the cross, the, the people are actually prophetically and worshipfully shouting out to the Lord, You are the Messiah. Save us, O Lord. Baruch Habab, Hashem Adonai. They're shouting that to him. It's awesome. How many of you guys know that the anointed one has come? Come on. The anointed one, the Messiah, has come. How many of you guys know that the Messiah is right here in this room right now? Come on. We, we need to celebrate the Messiah. Hallelujah. And we didn't do palm leaves, all right? But, but I want to take a couple of minutes and actually lay some palm leaves out to the Lord. And I want to ask if there's maybe a couple of people who received healing on Wednesday night that you, that you have noticeable, lasting results of healing from what we experienced Wednesday night that you'd come up here and briefly share with us what happened. Is this a healing? All right, make your way up. Anybody else that wants to come up and share a healing testimony from Wednesday night? Noticeable and lasting results. Come on, I know there's more than that. You coming, Carrie? All right, this is Kevin. Everybody say, what's up, Kevin? All right, tell us what happened. All right, so I was having a bit of pain because I was a little sore after squatting 300 pounds on Monday. Reps for Jesus, that's correct. Now... Uh, so, is this going to be a testimony of a healing or that you were able to lift 300 pounds? Uh, the, it's, it's the healing, okay. but, but that, that's an important part. <laughs> okay, so it, it was uh, kind of difficult to squat because this has happened to me before. Like, I'd have a pain like right here, and I wouldn't be able to squat comfortably at least for like at least a month. But after that Wednesday... Uh, I got prayed over, and look at this, look at this. Pain-free, awesome. absolutely pain-free. Hallelujah. That's amazing. See the palm trees, or the leaves, it's, it's just worshiping the Lord. Let's give God praise for healing. The Messiah has come, come on. Hallelujah. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing, Kevin. Everybody say, what's up, Carrie? So I walked in with a brace on my hand for my thumb. And after prayer, 
Yay, no brace. <laughs> no brace. Come on. Tell, tell us what was wrong with it and what's good enough. Well, it was uh, out of joint and it was total excruciating pain if you just barely touched it. So after the, after the prayer, brace off. Come on, let's give God praise and worship. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So we can just shout to the Lord, Hosanna. Hosanna. Yeah, Lord, save us. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on. Yeah, thank you, God. Hosanna in the highest. It's Jesus. He's here. He's moving. He's doing things. Even when you can't see it, he's moving. Even when you don't feel it, he's moving. Come on. Hallelujah. And so you got the triumphal entry, all right? They, they've acknowledged him as the Messiah. Of course, in a few days, they're going to crucify him because they forget, okay? However, on this day, <laughs> it's just focused on worshiping him for who he is. But let's pick up on verse 11. Jesus went into Jerusalem and into the temple. So when he had looked around at it, at all things, as the hour was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. Now I'm going to keep reading because I wanted you guys to see that today being Palm Sunday, actually that story flows into the very first message I gave you from the Dare to Believe series. And so we're going to go into some review and we're just going to keep going after stuff. Amen. All right, so, so it's the same time, right? Now, verse 12. Now, sorry, the next day, when they had come out from Bethany, he was hungry. I know that feeling good and well. And seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he could find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. In response, Jesus said to it, Let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it, all right? So I, there, there's lots of things that theologians can teach on this. I'm not going to try to pick this thing apart and try to make that equal to Israel or the church or anything. I'm just going to focus on the fact that Jesus was hungry, the tree didn't feed him, and he cursed it, <laughs> okay? <laughs> Some of you guys have cursed things that didn't make you feel full, didn't you? I'm just joking with you. All right, I'm joking. All right, so from there, Jesus goes, and he, he sees all the, the stuff happening in the temple. He cleanses the temple. He, may, he creates bull whips, and we're not focusing on that part because some of you guys want me to preach a sermon on it, and I'm not going to do that today. I'm sorry. All right, but we're going to skip down now to verse 20. <clears throat> now in the morning, so now it's the next day from there, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered and said, No way, dude, it worked. <laughs> Never thought it was going to happen, but it did. <laughs> we prayed hard, we prayed our guts out. I didn't think it was actually going to happen. No, that's not what he said, is it? No, he, he has, as a matter of fact, he wasn't even the one that, that, that went over there to see if it did work. It was the disciples that went over there to look at it to see if Jesus actually succeeded. <laughs> Can you imagine Jesus not succeeding in something? But they went over there to see if it succeeded, 
and, and they're, they're freaking out. Jesus, look, it worked. And Jesus says, he says, awesome, dude, that's great. We succeeded. No, he's like, good, our faith was powerful enough. Good, we, we, we succeeded in the level of faith we've been trying to get to. No, he simply said, have faith in God. Have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. And whenever you stand praying, see, he's actually assuming that you're going to be standing and praying, all right, standing in prayer. If you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. That's a pretty interesting response. Because they were blown away that, his, that he rebuked that tree, and it actually worked. And so they're like excited to show it to him. And his answer is, have faith in God. Jesus probably would have just went on his way and not even paid it attention because he already knew what the condition of it was. How did he know? Because he went and saw it? Nope, it was because he already believed. And he believed that if he said it, because he had the faith in God, it was going to happen. And I think it's interesting, like when you, when you see this message that Jesus taught them and you apply it to what he was actually doing when he was speaking to that tree, like you look at, if you go back and you look at the picture of him going to the tree, fetching a fig leaf, or fi, sorry, a fig, and it wasn't there, he's going into this mode right then to, to do something about it, right? Like what he's teaching you in verses 22 through 26 is what he was doing in that moment. So when he's standing there looking at the fig tree, he's having faith in God. When he speaks out, he, he's believing, all right, that, that he's, when he says you can say this mountain be removed and cast into the sea, have no doubt in your heart, Jesus was talking to that fig tree with no doubt in his heart. He was speaking to that thing without anything within him saying this might not work, okay? He had no doubt in his heart, but, he's, but he taught us, but when you believe that those things that you say will be done, you have whatever you say. So Jesus, he looked at that tree, and he had no doubt in his heart, but instead, he, he, he put his faith in his Father, okay? In that moment, when he's dealing with the tree, I'm putting my faith in my Father, and I'm going to speak to this tree, and I'm going to have no doubt at all that what I say is going to happen. No doubt in my heart at whatsoever. I'm going to say it, and this thing will happen, and I'm going to go about my life knowing that I got what I prayed for. <laughs> like he's actually teaching us how to pray based on the way that he does it. All right? So he just did that, that very thing. He could have cast a, a mountain into the sea if he wanted to. But I want to break some things apart. Again, this is review, but I'm, I'm wanting to kind of tie some things together that we've been going after. <clears throat> he said, have faith in God. And I just want to remind us that the focal point is God and not your ability to have faith. 
Because the responsibility is not on you and your ability to produce a result. The responsibility is God's. Because only God is able to perform miracles. You can't except by him. You can by God, all right? But, but our faith is in God, not in your ability to believe. You catch what I'm saying? Sometimes we can have the, the ideas and faith that I've got to muster up enough faith and I get so focused on how much faith do I have when God's saying, why don't you stop looking at your faith and start looking at me? Because your faith won't make this happen. I will make this happen. But you're inviting me through believing. You guys see what I'm saying? So we, we need to have faith in God and, and we need to believe that God is who he says he is, and we need to believe that God will do what he says he will do. Okay? That's, that's faith in simple form. You believe who God, he is who he says he is, and that he will do what he says he will do. Amen? And so we need to choose to believe God, not just having a faith that God can, but to have an expectancy that God will. All right? We can have faith, and it can be total passive faith, which really does nothing. Okay? But when you have faith, he actually wants us not just to believe, he wants us to expect. So having faith that actually has expectancy that something's going to happen as a result of my faith-filled prayer. All right? So he wants us to, to trust that he, is a, that he is a good father and that he is faithful and that he is true. So if he's given you a promise, you need to come to a place in your heart where you can see a good father and to believe and trust that he is good and that he is true, that he is faithful, he is true. Amen? So he wants us to have expectant faith. And I, I told you guys this quote before from Rod Parsley, but it's stuck with me over the years. The atmosphere of expectancy is the breeding ground for miracles. So the more expectancy that you have, your faith is, you, you, you stirred your faith up to believe the impossible in God. And, and the more that you create an atmosphere of expectations of God showing up, and even more so when we come together with other, other believers and we come into agreement, because where two or three or more are gathered in his name in agreement, there he is to do the thing, right? So when you can, can stir up within yourself, faith and expectancy that God's going to move and you get around brothers and sisters in the Lord and we encourage one another to have expectancy that God's going to show up, guess what? The atmosphere actually becomes pregnant and miracles can start flowing forth. It's the truth. <clears throat> the, I, I, would, I would venture to say, I'm not saying all the time, but often when you see ebbs and flows with miracles, it's often because of our expectancy levels. There are other factors that can't get in there. I'm not trying to say the whole thing, but often it's because our expectancy levels are, are fluctuating. You guys follow me? All right, so verse 23, he says, 
Assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart and he believes that those things he said will be done, he will have whatever he asks. But it starts off with Jesus saying, assuredly, assuredly, and other translations might say verily, all right? But, but what that word assuredly is in the Greek is amen. I think it's Greek because it could be Aramaic. I'm not sure. I think it's Greek, but it's amen. All right? When it says assuredly, he's saying amen. And amen doesn't just mean that was a good prayer. All right? It, it, it means truly. It means tr- it's trustworthy. This is surely so be it is what it means. And when Jesus, who's teaching you how to do something, <clears throat> when Jesus puts his amen on something, you better believe that he's, bring, he's bringing all authority from heaven to put a stamp of approval and an exclamation point on it. He's saying, this is it. Believe it now. It's coming. <clears throat> if Jesus says amen... With what he's getting ready to say, you, could, you better believe that he means what he's saying. Like he always means what he's saying, but when he says amen, or assuredly, or verily, or whatever your translation says, he's like saying, take extra special care and attention to what I'm saying. You follow me? So when Jesus says it, it should ex- increase your expectancy that this thing works. Is anybody awake this morning? Awesome. And, and so he's saying, if you, if you say to this mountain, be removed and cast in the sea, and you have no doubt in your heart, but you believe that those things will be done, he'll have whatever he says. And I, I said this to you before, I'm just trying to bring some refresher, all right? That a lot of times people get freaked out, well, what if I have some doubt? What if I don't have enough faith? What if, I, what if I'm reasoning this thing and I, have, and I have a little bit of doubt here and people can get really worried about if I have doubt and I want to actually cut the weight of that off of you, try to release you from your fear of doubt, okay? Because when Jesus said that, he said he does not doubt in his heart. But I want to remind you that you're a spirit, a soul, and a body, and your mind is still trying to catch up to your spiritual realities, and your faith actually comes from the spirit part of who you are, not the soul part of who you are. All right? So if you have doubt in your heart, then that's an issue that you just need to get right with Jesus, all right? In your spirit. But, but your spirit can be in a good place, but your mind is still trying to figure things out. But guess what? Most people who, who can't receive a miracle from God, it's, it's probably because they're spending too much time rationalizing things in their cognitive realm. And God's trying to actually get us to start actually entering into the believing realm, the spirit. Because the spirit does not always make sense to the mind. Sometimes you have to give up your right to understand everything and just trust. <laughs> so if you ever are working through that stuff in your, in your reasoning, like don't let that stop you. You can just command your mind to be silent and to cooperate with your spirit, to come into agreement with your spirit and believe with you. You actually have power, you have authority over your mind. 
You have authority from your spirit over your soul, over your mind, over your will, over your emotions. You can actually command your soul to come into alignment with your spirit. And, and even if you're working through stuff, you can say, mind, I'm okay with you not getting this, but you're going to believe this because the Bible says it. <laughs> you can do that. But you need to function from your spirit, man. You need to function from, your, from the heart realm. Because it, 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 he's saying if you don't doubt in your heart, he didn't say if you have any doubts that you're working through in your mind. That what I'm trying to do is making this easier for you guys. Okay? He's trying to make it easier. Like, stop worrying and fretting over the, the battle of faith and doubt. That's in your head, all right? Your spirit, if, you're, if, you're, if you've been born again, you're actually in union with Jesus Christ, the resurrected one, and your spirit can actually access a realm that your mind does not understand. You can draw anything from God that he's already provided. So you can get your mind in cooperation with your spirit even if it doesn't get it. Come on, guys. All right. He says, therefore I say to you, Whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. And I want to point out that your Bible is probably like mine in the fact that it's, the words them are in italics. And then when you see words in italics, what that means is that that word wasn't actually in the original language, but they added it in there just to help us make sense with our current language, all right? So the words them was actually not in the original. So I want to read that to you again without the italics. He says, whatever things that you pray, believe that you receive and you will have. Believe that you receive and you will have. All right? We get so focused on the them part. I get so focused on I want to believe that I will receive this thing that I'm praying for so that I can have that thing I'm praying for. But Jesus is not actually trying to put the attention on the thing you're praying for. He's trying to get your attention on your belief system. <laughs> he says, believe that you receive and you will have. He didn't say believe that you receive that thing. That The focus is not that thing. It's on your receiving that the focus is on. Can you believe that you receive? That's what he's actually calling you to believe for, is your ability to receive things from heaven. Believe that you receive. And that word receive in the Greek is, lamb is lambano, and it's an action word. It's not just simply I believe something, and, and I know that that's, that's who God is. I've reasoned it in my head, and I agree with that. That's not what that means it means believe that you have received. It's an action word. It means, to, it means to grab a hold of something and apprehend it and pull it into yourself. It's an action receiving word. It's not a passive, I hope that thing lands on me and I'll have it when he, when he tosses it to me. No, it's an actually uh, reach out and grab a hold of him by faith. Pull that thing in. And keep pulling and keep pulling and keep pulling until you see the result that you're praying for. So instead of focusing so much on you believing that that thing is going to happen, I want to believe I can actually receive this thing. I'm putting my faith on my ability to receive from heaven, and I'm going to let this thing come to me by apprehending it and grabbing a hold of it. I'm powerful. Everybody say, I'm powerful. I'm powerful. 
God's given you the power to pull things in from heaven. (laughs) Jesus literally gave you the power by your faith to pull things in from heaven into this natural realm. It's an action. It's It's an active faith. Okay? Believe that you receive, believe that you lambano, believe that you are apprehending this thing, believe that you actually are grabbing a hold of it and pulling it and it's coming into you right now. Believe it now. He didn't say believe it after you got the answer to your prayer. No, believe it now. He's saying believe that you receive. That's a now word, okay? But, but the rest of it is and you will have. That's not a now word. That's a future word. You got to believe now that you're receiving so that in the future you'll get that thing you're believing for. And the future could be in two seconds from now. (laughs) It might be 10 years. I don't know what the thing is, and I don't know what's between here and there. All I know is that it's going to take Lombano to get there without giving up. And it goes back to what we've been talking about with Elijah, praying the, the rain in. He, he, he had a word from God, and he knew that God wanted to do it. He knew it so much that he could hear the rain in his spirit, man. And he, and he even declared it by faith, this thing's coming. He told Ahab that, and he said that knowing that it's up to him to see this thing through because he knew he's going to have to get on his knees and intercede and pray this thing in. And he declared it by faith before he even got on his knees. <laughs> because he knew that he has what it takes to pull things in from heaven. And God believes in you. I want you to know that God has made you powerful people. He's made you so powerful, he literally said, if you believe that you receive, you will have things. Like Jesus actually believes that you have the faith to lambano things from heaven and bring it into this earth. You guys better start getting more excited about this. It's a, you, you have to believe it. God believes you got it. You need to believe that you can do this. Jesus literally said, you believe that you receive. He's telling you that he wants you to believe that you can receive things from heaven. Why don't you say that? I am powerful, and Jesus gave me the power to lay hold of heaven and pull it in. I declare this over myself. I believe that I can lay hold and pull things in. Come on. That, that gets the energy flowing right there. He said, believe that you can lumbano this thing, and you will have. All right? You believe that you can receive, you will have. And that word have in the Greek is aimi, and it means to have. <laughs> but it actually means a lot better than that. Okay? It's not, it's not a passive thing. It's not even a, you believe something and you can hope that it's going to come. No, when Jesus said, believe that you receive and you will have, he didn't say you might have. He said you will have, all right? And that word aimi for have actually is the word to be, to be. It's the same word that's translated as is or are. 
It's a matter of fact. It's a factual state of being. All right? Like when God said over Jesus when he was baptized and he declared, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. This is my son. This Aimi, my son. God said, Jesus is my... He didn't say, I hope he will one day become this thing that I love. He didn't, it, wasn't just a, it wasn't a doubtful or a swaying concept. No, it is a matter of fact. Jesus is my son. And when the devil tempted Jesus and he said, if you are the son of God, if you aimi, the son of God, if you are the Son of God, it's a factual statement. It means to be, and it is so common of a word that you say it in almost every sentence. I am hungry. Am. I am hungry. <laughs> yes. I am a man. I, I aimi, a man. All right? You guys, you guys catch what I'm saying? You are in a church. You, Aimi, in a church. Like, like it's, not, it's not like a, if you feel like it, you're in a church, like some people think. All right? No, it is. It is what it is. Jesus said, I am. He said before Abraham was, I am. It's a, it is established as a matter of fact. When, when God told Moses, that when, when he said, who can I call you? And he said, I am that I am. If that was translated in Greek, it would be, aimi that aimi. I am. All right? It is solid as this earth core. So when Jesus is saying that you believe that you receive and it will be, He's saying that the thing that you're believing for, it will be as solid as anything you can imagine. Your answer to that prayer is as sure as I am the Son of God. Are you guys tracking with me? We have to understand that the caveat to answer prayer always, it comes from 1 John 5 when it says that we have to pray according to God's will. And if we know we're praying according to his will, he hears us. And if he hears us, we have the things that we ask for, okay? So if you pray things that's not in his will, you're not going to get the answer you want. But, so that's always the case. But when Jesus is saying you believe that you receive, you will have. That is a powerful statement. You need to consider that that thing you're praying for to God is as a matter of fact. Believe that you receive, and you will exist with the manifestation that you've been believing for. Believe that you are apprehending, and it will exist with you. That word, aimi, it means to exist. It will exist with you. This is good stuff. You've got to just keep remembering that picture of Elijah. Because in First John, sorry, in, sorry, in James chapter five, it talks about says the prayer of the, it says the effective and fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much, all right. And then it goes right in and it compares that kind of prayer with Elijah, 
or bringing the rain back, all right? And we've been talking about this, that Elijah knew by the word of God, he knew before he ever saw any sign of rain coming, he already heard it in his spirit because he was so intimately acquainted with the promise God had already told him when he said, get ready because the rain's about to come. He, he listened to that word that God put in his spirit so much that he could hear it in his spirit. And then he went and he prayed and he interceded and he sent his servant seven times. Six times he sent a servant with no signs of anything happening. And he could have given up and said, well, it must not have been God's will. I must not have enough faith. Or maybe I don't have the ability to lambano this thing from heaven. But he kept persistent. Each time he went to his knees knowing, I know rain's coming. I know it's coming. Go look again. No, it didn't come. Well, I'm going to keep praying because I know rain's coming and I'm not going to give up. And he kept praying and he kept praying until eventually he saw the size of a hand, a man's hand, cloud on the horizon. Okay? And who knows? He couldn't see anything before that. But the entire sky was clear, but he just saw this one little blip on the radar. God's showing up. <laughs> see, a lot of times we Christians tend to look at the rest of the sky and see, well, it does not look like rain. Yeah, but what about that thing? Oh, well, that, that's not really what I prayed for. I'm praying for a mega rain. Well, but there's a cloud the size of a man's hand. No, I know, but I don't think that's it. It's not, it's not raining on me yet. That is not how Elijah functioned. He knew when he saw that that he got his breakthrough, and he went on his way. He started preparing for rain to come. Come on. And we don't know. I said this last week. We don't know if the first moment he started praying before they ever saw any evidence of anything you don't know if on the other side of the horizon, beyond his field of sight, that cloud could have, could have manifested. It could have, without him knowing. And you don't know, when you, when you see that cloud the size of a man's hand on the horizon, you don't know on the other side of the horizon, if, if you could have been on a ship out there, they probably saw a whole canopy of storm over there, and it was just working its way over. But his faith is what caused that to happen and pulled it into their reality. Hallelujah. He caught a lambano that thing. Caught a lambano is the same as lambano, except even more. Like, <laughs> I've preached on that in the past. But, but there's, the, like... When Jesus is saying that you, gotta, you, you can't have doubt in your heart, but you got to believe that the thing you're speaking and you're praying is going to happen, and you will have it, you got to believe that you're receiving, and you will have. You believe that you're receiving something from heaven, you're apprehending heaven and bringing it into earth. you got to believe that it's as sure as done. That's how Elijah got the result. If he would have quit... Those clouds that he couldn't see probably would have dissipated into nothingness again. <laughs> Hallelujah. This is important stuff. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Everybody, we, we've talked about this, that 
If you have been born again and you're living in the faith with Christ, he actually has made you righteous in his sight. Like your righteousness is not your own, it's Christ's. And you receive that by faith. And when you, when you stand before the Father in the righteousness that Jesus has put on you, that he paid the price for on the cross, right? Makes you righteous to be able to stand face to face before God. It actually is saying that when you know, when you present yourself to the Father as the righteous person he made you under the blood of Jesus, you can pray powerful and effective prayers that will avail much. If you don't see the results that you're praying for yet, it doesn't mean that it's not working. All right? And and these are some concepts I want to give you before I finish out today. there's There's the distance between the things that God has already stored in heaven and are already paid for already prepared for us that no, no eye has seen, no mind has perceived, but we have the mind of Christ, right? And God can actually give us the insights of what he already has created and stored for us, for those who love him. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 2, okay? That when we can, by faith, reach out and grab a hold and see and observe the things he's already done. You might not see the manifestations of those yet, but there's a distance between where that thing exists, where it's stored in heaven, and the manifestation of those things. And the prayers of faith by righteous people are powerful and effective, and they avail much. And we have to believe that it is impossible to pray according to God's will and there be no results come. Even if you don't see the result yet, you need to have the sense of faith that believes that you did something that caused change to happen towards that breakthrough. And so, say if I drew a line right here and this was kind of like the like a veil between heaven realm and earth realm, and our physical bodies and our natural eyes or natural mind live on this side, but your spirit actually lives on this side, and you have the mind of Christ, and you can see the things by the Spirit of God that are created for you that your natural mind will never be able to perceive. He wants us to actually be people who, who, are, who by the Spirit of God, step on this side of the veil, so we, we live by spirit connected to this realm right here. But in the flesh, we're walking in this realm because we need to bring the authority and the power of that realm into this realm. Okay? And so there's that, that line. There's that filter, not a filter, that, that veil. Okay? The spirit of God wants to help us to live from this realm and then to pull things from this realm into this realm. That is the life that Jesus has called us into. That is what it looks like to bring heaven into our midst. Okay? The kingdom of heaven is in your midst. How is it in your midst? Oh, because we got people who are living from this side into this side. (laughs) Okay? And so when we can live in this realm, and we can see that God has already provided all the things that he's promised us, and the Bible is very clear that he's provided healing, and miracles for us, okay? That Jesus has already paid the price, and we need to understand and believe in our hearts, and remember, it's from the heart, not the mind, because these things don't make sense to the natural mind. But God wants us to believe that when we're praying for things that he's promised in his word, 
That every time you're praying it, even if you don't see the result yet, you're getting that thing closer and closer and closer to the breakthrough point. So you could be one prayer away from the tipping point. You could be one declaration away from a tipping point. You, you're one, you could be one belief away from a tipping point. But if you believe and you pray and you don't see it, you got to believe something's moving closer. I don't know when it's going to happen, but my faith is a tractor beam. And I'm pulling that thing out. And we talked about how intercession is actually a birth giving, right? And, and like, the, like being willing to actually put your, your Lombano faith on the things that you're believing for until you pull it in and you give birth to it in the natural realm. God has so many things he wants to break through. And if we keep looking at these things and we think, well, it didn't happen because I prayed and, and I've prayed many times and I didn't see the result, so therefore it must not be. Like, we can choose to believe, we can choose to, to assign our faith to our experiences, or we can choose to assign our faith to his word, despite our circumstances, okay? And it's the people who lock hold are going to be the ones who see the breakthroughs we're looking for. <laughs> Come on. I, I've heard stories by so many people. And I'll give you an example. Heidi Baker, who, who knew that God was going to give her the power to heal deaf ears. She, she and her husband, Roland, are missionaries in Mozambique. And she said I knew, she knew that God told her that she's going to heal deaf ears and so she prayed for deaf people. They'd already seen other miracles happen, but they never saw a deaf ear opened. And they prayed for a deaf ear, and they didn't get healed. She's like, well, God gave me this word. I'm going to keep trying. And she prayed for another one, and she didn't see a healing. She's like, I'm going to keep believing. I'm not seeing the result, but I, I believe what God said. I'm going to keep praying. She prayed for another one. No healing. And she tells this story. That she prayed, I think, like a hundred, like I think it was 99 times that she prayed for people without seeing any results at all. And she's like, God, I'm about to give up because I'm not seeing the results. God said, go one more time. And on her hundredth person, a deaf ear opened. <laughs> yeah. And then after that, she prayed for another person. And their deaf ear did not open. But she had the one. And now she knows it actually can work. So she keeps praying. And after she keeps praying, she might still have prayed for people and they didn't get healed. But she knew. God proved to her it can actually work. And so she kept praying and she started seeing people get healed. Here and there, deaf ears open. But she kept pressing in. And the point I want to make is that she had a promise on her life that she's going to see deaf ears open, and she wasn't seeing it, but she had to lay hold of a faith that believes in something her eyes is not seeing yet, and pulling that thing through, nudging it. Every time she's stepping out in faith, whether she can see it or not, it's moving one step closer. Why? Because the prayer of a powerful person is powerful and effective. It avails much. Come on. It, it, we need to believe it is impossible to pray God's will 
and nothing happened. <laughs> she, and she finally, she reached the point where she hit a tipping point, and she saw healing happen. So she kept going after it, and the ratios started decreasing, and she started seeing more and more. She still saw some that didn't get healed, but she kept going after it because she's building momentum in the spirit where the breakthrough is coming forth. It's coming forth from heaven, and the increase of the manifestation is happening in her midst. And she got to the point now where she actually is walking in, a, in an anointing in her, in her country, Mozambique. I don't know if it's everywhere else, but in that country where God gave them dominion, 100% success rate on deaf ears. That's crazy. That's crazy. But, but why am I telling you this? What if she would have given up after 70 times? This thing's not working. I, I've been believing it's not working. She could have given up and never seen a deaf ear open in her entire life. But she laid hold. She had tenacious faith. I'm going to believe what God said despite what I'm experiencing. And it, and it brought breakthrough into the manifestation realm. All right? I've heard Todd White say the exact same uh, testimony. He had to pray for so many people before he ever saw healing happen. Randy Clark, same story. John Wimber, same story. Bill Johnson, same story. I'm going to tell you one more one more testimony, and then we're going to pray, all right? Bill Johnson. Bill Johnson, he has a tremendous healing anointing, and this was years ago before I ever moved to Bethel, but um, they had seen a lot of healings for cancers being healed, and then his dad, who was the forerunner of his ministry, got cancer. And so you better believe they doubled down on their faith on that one. And they prayed hard. The whole church was praying hard for Bill Johnson's dad to get healed of cancer. They even had prophecies from high-level prophets saying that the Reading is going to become a no-cancer zone. It's a good word. Okay? But they prayed hard for his dad to be healed. And guess what? His dad died. Did not get the breakthrough. And that was disheartening, of course. And how do I reason with this thing? They, they, they just had to surrender that to the Lord, the questions on that. But Bill's testimony from that was that when they were praying for his dad's miracle, it, he said, I felt like I was pushing against a mountain, pushing hard, trying to get this mountain to cast into the sea, and it didn't budge. We didn't see a result. But, but, and so what could have felt like failure, he walked away from that, and, and he realized after that season, he, he gave himself some time to grieve, but after that, he would go and pray for people for cancer, and they'd get healed powerfully, more than he'd ever seen before. He said that, as a matter of fact, he said that where he felt like he was pushing against a mountain to see his dad's breakthrough, and he didn't see it, he had no idea in the spirit. He was actually, they were building spiritual faith muscles for cancer breakthroughs. Even though they didn't see the result, they were still laying a hold of a promise from God, and their faith muscle was getting stronger in that. And when they went and they prayed for sick people after that, the healings became easier and easier. And I don't remember the number, but, they, but he said that his anointing for cancer has increased by several times more powerful than it was before that. 
And he said, he said it got to where, it, where the, those muscles he built on that, he couldn't push that mountain, but he's able to go start pushing over those huge boulders in the spirit that he couldn't before. Like, like, we don't have the answers for why things don't always happen, but we have to believe that the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective and avails much. We have to believe that a, that a person who's righteous, if we're praying according to God's faith, something is happening. If I don't see the results yet, I'm going to keep believing that God is who he said he is. God does what he says he'll do, and I'm not going to measure it off of my circumstances. I'm going to measure it on his promise, and I'm going to keep pressing in. I'm going to keep believing until I see the results. I don't care how long it takes. Come on. I just want to tell you guys, like, God is so much greater than we know, and he's so much more ready to release miracles in our lives than we ever know. He's ready, but he wants you to believe that you have been given the power to lumbano, to apprehend the things of heaven and to pull it into this earth. He wants you to believe that you can receive. Everybody say it again. I'm powerful. And I can receive everything God has for me. I can lay hold of heaven and pull it in. And I'm going to pull in now, not later. Come on. Yeah, if anybody needs a miracle, please stand if you're able. 